0: Previously on We Are More Than and the he Podcast, saw the
1: bars on the window, thought you was at the wrong well, building. What's Whoa. funny is that when I walked in,
0: <laughs> the guy that was up there was like, "Yeah, you didn't have to dress like that for you know your interview." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not here <laughs> for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for a conversation." And He's like, "Okay, okay." does <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <is> this guy? <laughs> Think he is <laughs> special? <laughs> <laughs> so it was funny because he was like, "Yeah, you didn't have to come in dressed like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I did." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you were looking really
0: sharp. Yeah. I was
1: like, bless his heart. He doesn't realize how uh, how this industry is on my side, at least for recruiting nobody. Yeah. I guess being a woman too, like I used to dress really nice at every job and I had had to, you even made the comment the last time I saw you, you're like, well, you were in jeans that day and I'm like, you have to be right, in yeah. that industry, in that well, office.
0: So where I am now, the whole first month of me being there, mm-hmm. that is is what I know. I've always been dressed for the job you want, not for the job you have. That's right. I Keep talking I'm gonna give you just Keep running and running and running. But I've also, and this is God, I'm telling myself. <laughs> so we would leave church Sundays. Mm-hmm. I would go up to my room. I always wore suspenders and stuff to church and i would sit at my desk and look out my window and imagine that i had a corner office building on some floor and Mm -hmm. looking out so i'll always do that before it getting out of my church clothes. So it's like three hours after church mm-hmm. and I'm still suited and booted and then I've rolled up my sleeves like I was <laughs> doing something. But like, I'm either like trying to rebuild a computer that was in my bedroom or I'm playing video games or I'm just sitting there writing poems mm-hmm. or whatnot. But that was my thing. So when I got into corporate America and it was, hey, you gotta be suited and booted to mm-hmm. dress here. I'm like, oh shit, that's, that's right. A, that's right up my alley, like that's what I do. So my thing was coming to see you, and I've done this with people that I wanted to meet with, with record labels. Mm-hmm. I've done it with people that I wanted to meet with in podcasts to get information, uh, People that I, other people that I met in industry. The way you show up to an interview, this is still an interview. Mm-hmm. So I wanna be sharp, I wanna be on my game, very articulate, everything it is that I need to show because you're giving me your time in order to get things taken care of. So you walked me through it. The first thing that you said initially was, oh, you know, it's education. It's not the same thing as what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, just give me an opportunity to break down what I'm doing. Yeah. And you went, oh, shit, mm-hmm. well, we couldn't hire you here because you do way more yeah. than what it, what you would be doing if you came into a position. Mm-hmm. And then you just started check out this person, check out that person. By the time I got to the office that day, I already had three messages from (laughs) you of other people to check out. And I know your heart for service comes from your mom and your dad Mm -hmm. and just being around that and just the fact that you have a grind. Why stay in this industry where this industry is about making dollars Mm -hmm. and what's your advantage having that I just want to help you thing comes from and how does it benefit you? Like you're a business owner now. So how does that add to your bottom line?
1: So it's kind of funny. Um, One day this past week there was a lady that it's somebody it's always somebody says oh no you're new to town and you need help yeah you clearly don't do anything with manufacturing construction but (laughs) rachel knows everybody and she she, she'll help you and so she called and i thought this is a terrible week like every week has been terrible since i started because i am just doing a lot of things i'm not used to doing i'm not in my grind getting to recruit that's rebecca right now she's the mvp like she gets all the credit i've had a few interviews but for the most part i'm over here you know working on workers comp codes trying to get stuff approved trying to get money podcasting (laughs) you know, advertising out here hitting the pavement, knocking on doors, like literally just all the things. And um, she called and she's like, listen, I don't want to take any of your time, but I'm new to town. I don't understand. Like, why is nothing in the pay ranges? Well, she's from up North. It's totally different. Um, And plus the pandemic, like, we didn't really get a big increase like a lot of other places did our cost of living went ridiculous but our pay rates didn't go up and so not yet but it'll catch up as what I'm hoping so I took about 30 minutes to talk with her and it's my third it was my third week in business you know and she was like I can't believe you're doing this you know and then I was saying well send me this this is what you need to do and if you'll do this I'll connect you this person I'll send this for you and I'll put some notes and I'll do this and she was like but you're not going to get any commission on it and I said okay and she was like, oh no, I feel bad about that. And I said, you know, most people don't even think about it like you do. They think I'm here to just help the world, like right. for free. And I said, listen, I'm not playing the short-term game. And I said, I'm not gonna tell you that I don't expect something from you. Hold and up. she was kind of quiet, like colorful. off Wait up. <laughs> And I Wait, said, up. what I expect is when you do land a job and you start working around people and getting to know people in your community and somebody says, I need a manufacturer and construction job. Your immediate thoughts going to be like, oh, I need to send them to Rachel. Right. She cares about people. She's going to take care of them. Um, and if you know a company that needs a good recruiter um, or a good staffing company, you're going to think of me because I care about people I can't even make money off of. And so it's a long-term investment for me. I don't need money. I don't need the commission on you. I need people who are going to be out there giving my name out. Right. And she was like, oh, well, I'll be doing that. And then she's like, what what exactly do you hire for? So I start talking to her, turns out her son had moved with her. He's a young kid, just graduated and was working at like FedEx or something like that and wasn't really paying out. And I said, oh, man, I got a great opportunity. So I started telling her about a job. I said, "And you know, what's so funny. I was like, you know, I'm not making commission on her, but didn't you know she was sending her son to come up here the next day? So listen, it always you never regret doing the right thing. And if you have the ability to help someone, you should. I mean, I just feel like you need more of that. I think for me, staying in this industry was it goes back to all those people who said a woman couldn't do it. Right. Um, and I've learned a lot through it. I've learned certain pa- personalities do better in it. I've learned certain traits. I learned very different people work really well together. You can't have too many people that are the same. Like I've learned a lot from working at a couple of different ones that actually really helped give me courage that... I knew what I needed and I had what I needed. I just had to figure out the whole scheme of it. But I would put my team up right. <laughs> against anybody in this state of South Carolina, period. Because each person I've known really well and have worked with, some of them I've even lived with because they're family. Right. And so I know their character. There's a lot of things that can be taught. And that's what I told you back then. I was yeah. like, the stuff you don't know, you can be taught. Right. What I can't teach you is to have some some grit and some grind. Right. What I can't teach you is to have some character and not be prejudiced. What I can't teach you is if you're a dishonest person, to be honest. What I will say for each person that works for me, 100%, one, I love them. Mm -hmm. period as a person even my part-time people like I love them I if something happens they need me I will show up they are family um and they know that um I trust them like I'm one of the first where my software system was like well we're gonna give you owner privileges and we're gonna give everybody this so that you can kind of you know no Everybody gets owner privileges and they're like, what? Well, then somebody could hurt you. I said, they're not going to hurt me. That's how confident I am. They're not because they're for me. They want to see me succeed right. because they know if I succeed, I'm definitely making sure they succeed. So it's it's all together. Um, but really, for me, I had seen it done the wrong way. I'd seen it done eth- unethically. I'd seen a lot of stuff and I'd always tried to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. But unless you're the owner, at the end of the day, you can't make sure everybody in the company does right. the right way. And I had people I hated going into work with, but I did it every day. I was good at my job and loved what I did. Right. But when I found Rebecca, she was my missing piece. I knew I could trust her. And then I build off of that. And so everyone's been hand selected for a reason, because I know even if I'm not in the building, they act exactly the same. Right. If I can trust that if somebody called me today and said, well, she she was this way, cause she's racist. uh, No, she's not. <laughs> None of my people are. Period. How many offices can say that wholeheartedly and believe it? I believe it. You, mm, I take a, lot a of lie detector. Can
0: say that. And yeah. I've been in a few.
1: Yeah. And so you know, for me, it was more of a. <laughs> it's. It's. I keep telling Rebecca. I said, I'm not starting. We're not starting a business. We're starting a movement. I want to prove that we can be successful doing it the right way and the way it should have been done. I want everybody to be a partner there is no request for pto something happens in your family you need a day off we cover for you period you still get paid you need a vacation something's going on with your family something's going on with your marriage you need to take a vacation all of a sudden take it no questions asked we will cover for you but what i expect from you in return is you go hard for me when you're here right right and you're 100 sold in if you cannot 100 commit to what I am about, please just say so now and get out my way because I will replace you in a heartbeat. And you know what? I'm not worried about replacing anybody here. I really hope that nothing ever happens to them. I don't think any of them will ever quit, um, but I hope nothing personal life happens where they can't be here anymore because I feel like I'm gonna keep it small and tight. The plan is not to become big and have several branches because then you lose that touch, you lose that control. But if you're hand selecting them, you're working them, you're training them, it's almost like you got a bunch of mini yous going around out there. And so that is really what I wanted to see is set them up for success. I want um, from the receptionist to the top all to be making six figures. So the way I did it was everybody gets a profit share. Everybody, as soon as we're profitable, Everybody, like, I don't need to be greedy. I don't need the most of the money. Yes, everybody's like, well, you're the one doing all the work, you're doing all this, you were there at the very beginning. Yeah, but I couldn't be here without the people I trust, right. the people that have shown up for me. And so if you took a risk and you lo- left a sa- you know a salary to come here, something that is a startup that's not guaranteed, um, and you believe in me that much, the least I can do is make sure that when I am successful, you are just as successful. So I I made a promise to each of them when I hired them. I will never make a major decision without all of it's got to be a united front I and so you. you're part owner and and i think for a lot of women they just want to be heard they want a vote and so for them to come in here and feel like they can openly say anything at any point and sometimes you know we don't agree you know um and there's been a couple times where i've bowed out to rebecca because uh, even though she looks younger, she is a little bit older, a little wiser <laughs> and um, and she's smart. She When she says stuff, you got to listen because me, I can be like, I don't know, I could be at the beginning of a thought and change my mind by tomorrow. And do, and she is like, when she says it, it's like, oh, she's it's her in thought. Right. She's very careful about what she says to me because she knows when she does, I'm going to stop and be like, oh, no, now I got to rethink this whole thing. But she has saved me she saved me from buying a place that would have been a big mistake come to find out when the uh inspection report came back that place should be condemned hey. it was worse than my previous office <laughs> and so i was like man we would have been dying we would have all had cancer or something like, like there's the mold the, all like this stuff mold. and she, yeah. i was ready to sign without like i'm like we want this building it looks great and she's like nope you need an inspection best 500 bucks i ever spent uh <laughs> winded up here in this beautiful building um and Next I love to a it. Restaurant and yeah. a barbershop and can walk by and yeah. I, yeah, I'm in a great spot. I got a UPS store on the end. Right. Like I mean,
0: yeah, it's a crazy thing. Um, this is ideal for you if you know that there's a place that cares about the looks of some of the mm-hmm. people coming in. It's like, hey, look, we need booth rent. Where I need guys that need to get a cut right now so mm-hmm. they can go in for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I can even have that conversation for you. Not a problem. This is where your bouncer comes into play. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, listen, I went over there. I
1: I said, I'm introducing myself to my neighbors. Um, But it was funny for the, because we didn't have, we don't, we didn't have a yeah, sign up. We right. didn't have anything. Yeah. And they kept seeing me coming and unloading stuff and putting stuff and they're like, what is this girl doing? Like every day I was out here for date, you know, cause I'd already left the other job for the last couple of weeks before we opened. And so I was here every day and they were like, finally they get the courage up and they, they come and stare at the windows and stuff And finally, I mean, all, it's funny. Most of them are twice my size. Right. And I walked out and said, can I help you with something? And they're like, "What? what are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I'm opening a business, I'm gonna be staffing, you know? So I went over there with cards as soon as they came in and right. I said, listen, if you come across somebody, I mean, barbers, y'all always know who's not making money because exactly. then they can't afford you. I said, let's keep them getting those regular cuts. And he was like, That was a smart play. I was like, Well, (laughs) guess what? My old office was next to a barbershop too, man. I know how to deal with you. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I got this. So um totally forgot about it. Yeah. But I walked into each of the offices and the restaurants. Look, you go to the restaurant then they got a sign for us and our flyer and all our stuff up in the window. Cause I keep going there and I'm like, you know, I eat here every day. You're making a lot of money off of me. Sometimes it's the only time I have a chance to go run eat something real quicker. Sometimes I'll just go sit there and have a drink. like a sweet tea, literally. just like I need my sugar. I need my caffeine. I need to not be with anybody for like. <laughs> and now it's funny because I'm going there trying not to have anybody talk to me so I can think. But now everybody knows me and they're like, oh, she owns the place down the way. Oh, she's back. Hey, like this, like we're VIP. And so they want to talk to you the whole time. Um, but they're really sweet. So like even they put up a sign, they don't put up a sign for anybody. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, you know, you never know to Right. <laughs> so manager, I said, I'm investing in your business and if you ever need help hiring, I'll figure it out. Right. But I need you to put this sign up in the window. <laughs> That's,
0: what's up. That's what's up. So I know there's a theme. You've been told no, you've been told no, you've been told no. You've proven, you've proven, you've proven. You were told no about certain things here as well, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That you've proven and proven and in the process of still proving. Um, Why does no turn you on so much? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> You know, my mom would say it was that rebellious nature I had in high school. It's carried over. Um. I don't know. I, I I grew up playing a lot of sports, very competitive, okay. like I said. Um, we talked about the, I got into the powerlifting, that right. kind of thing. Yeah, and so. We're going
0: to talk about yeah.
1: powerlifting. So too. I, I do love a challenge.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I think it's because I've, I wasn't book smart. I didn't give myself enough credit um, growing up. I always felt like. You know i had to work harder than anyone else just to kind of level out things and so i thought i'm not smarter than you but i can outwork you and so i loved a challenge um pretty early on that was just part of who i am <laughs> right. um and I, th- I blame my dad we, we used to watch sports together. i mean we'd be yelling at the tv and then he'd be out there yelling at me on the field i actually played football i was the That's only real. girl um in middle school um uh, and i was pretty good by the way and I had a guy that was like six foot three bust my nose open, like knocked the it was bad. And I kept playing with blood running down my face. Hey. And my dad's like, that's my girl. Like, that's my girl. That's the son I never had at the you know, at the time. Um so I think I just that carried over to my work life pretty quickly. Um, but I also was motivated out of I hate to say it, like in, in one sense, it's yes, I like to prove to people that I can do it. It is a pride issue. It's right. not a great thing. It's not a great trait. Oh, we to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But it was also down out of love because the reason I started working so young is because my family needed the money. Right. It was a big family working on pastor income. Um, and some things that happened for my dad, um, like he basically had a house that he was renting out and they they weren't paying their bills. And it was it's a it's hard you can't just get them out and so trying to juggle to it really put us in bad shape about the time i started my job in high school i couldn't even drive i didn't even have a permit my sister would have to go and drop me off i'd pay her some money to get her to drop me off and so literally i was getting picked up and brought back and forth so i was working before i could drive so um literally i Paid for my first cell phone like i laugh when people are like you know you know i had my yeah. my, my I had finally got my car switched into my name at 25 i'm like my car was in my name at 16 the moment right. i started driving um everything had to be because my parents couldn't afford it and so i would literally go out and like buy extra food and do different like do things around the house that to make it not like handed them money right. in their face, you know, but, make
0: but sure they knew what was doing. They
1: yeah, made yeah. sure like I would go buy clothes when they couldn't afford clothes and my right. siblings had grown out of clothes. like. My sister was at school. My older sister was at school in Clemson and working. Tigers. Yeah, I'm not, oh. a, I'm not a Tiger fan. Uh, my dad's an LSU fan. She's a Clemson fan, and I purposely pull for the Gamecocks just because of that. Sound the black. So this has been another family. episode. Ah. <laughs> so, um, God, but literally, even her, heart. I would say if you need something, don't call mom and dad. It's not good at home right now. Cause she didn't know. Cause she didn't live there. Right. And I was like, you need something you tell me I'll figure it out. And so literally I'm the younger sibling saying, I'll figure it out. We'll get your books covered. You know, right. whatever we gotta do. Um, and then once I was done with school and I could really get into it, I was just so determined to work my way up to something where I could help my younger siblings get through school where they didn't have to work the way that I worked. And so, a lot of it really does come from you can tell me that but i've got more love for my family i will work like a dog for these people right and so really honestly that's where it came out of necessity and then it just kind of developed into I realize I work well this way. I don't do so good when I don't have stuff to do. I don't like to not be busy. That's just who I am. When I crash, I crash. Like I can't sit through a movie. I'm terrible. (laughs) Don't take me to a movie on a date. I'll be asleep. (laughs) Um, If I sit still long enough, I'm asleep. So (laughs) once that brain is not getting on something productive, I will go to sleep. So everybody laughs. If I want to watch a movie, I have to turn it on at home and I'll be cleaning, I'll do all my laundry, I'll wash the dishes. And they're like, you can't just sit still.
0: No i can't all right so this is Mm -hmm. a psa for the guys one you gotta wait about 18 months uh, before she she gets back out in the dating world however (laughs) if i tell her nah you can't do this in a year's time (laughs) then i may move you guys time up six
1: months
0: (laughs) so i may do that before i leave
1: do a favor Uh,
0: (laughs) so take her to top golf Oh gosh! Or, or Frankie's <laughs> something or active. Something active because if she's sitting down, you're gonna lose. Don't so. take her to
1: the gym if you don't lift. She'll embarrass you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so all right, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, but before we get, but before we get into uh, powerlifting, mm-hmm. what do you do when you've proven people wrong? Like when you've answered that no, mm-hmm. and then you've reached that pinnacle. Then what? Uh, And I asked that question because I used to be a prove them wrong person. Mm -hmm. Then I became a prove you right person where they no longer was my motivation. Mm -hmm. It was just, I'm motivated to get this done because I want to get this done. So Mm -hmm. where do you go Mm -hmm. after you've said, I can't do it, screw you, I'm going to do it, Mm -hmm. then I get it done. Because, and I ask. You get bored easily. Mm-hmm. So once you are out, once your your busyness is done because you got things mm-hmm. accomplished, how do you keep from falling into that boredom? How do you keep from um, finding someone else to piss you off in order to keep mm-hmm. going? And I know you mentioned love is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why you're, you know, yeah. continuing to work as hard as you do. But I know that there are some things that you hit and then it's like, all right, fine, whatever, I've done that. Who's gonna piss me off next? So what do you do?
1: Yeah, so it's one of those things like I told you, as soon as I hit that goal, I just upped it. You -hmm. can always do better, right? You can always, so it came where I was no longer competing. There was no men in the office to compete with. They all got lost their job. (laughs) I was competing with me. Can I beat my number? Um, Can I be the best at this? Can I, and what does that mean to me? Um, It doesn't mean that I'm the most cutthroat and make the most places. Right. It became, I'm gonna teach Rebecca to, she wants to be a recruiter. That was my new challenge. She came in and interviewed. I ran a customer service ad cause I didn't want to attract an experienced recruiter cause I knew they would hate it at the place I was at. I needed somebody fresh that I could just ease into the way it was. And I remember the day she came in and she said, oh, so this is a recruiting role. I have always wanted to do this and nobody will give me a chance. And so it's funny, once you crush your goals, you wanna see somebody else, it's actually more rewarding to see someone else thrive and teach them. That's my thing. So you get it too, you get it (laughs) too. But then also like, you know, my life changed. So I was recruiting and then my parents went overseas. And then my parents unexpectedly adopted a baby who is my favorite sibling, Joe. Um, And so he's seven and my dad's already had a heart attack and he's lived longer than most of his siblings. And so we are on borrowed time. Um, I think that God saved him from that because Joe needs him a little bit longer. And so I'm so thankful for Joe in more ways than one. Um, And he has brought so much joy um, that's how I spend my free time. I want to take them. I want to see them. that I can keep right. them active. You know, uh, he is very familiar with Frankie's fun part, Chuck E. cheese, all the places, right. <laughs> um, and they always say, Rachel's the fun one. And I love that, um, because I'm not really fun here during the week, but I try to be fun when I'm with them. <laughs> but when you have a seven-year-old brother that you're not sure his parents are going to make it to see him graduate high school, fund him for college, all these things, um, Joe was found in a ditch. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was delivered to the orphanage, which was right next door to my parents. And my sister went and swiped him and brought him home. And the moment he was in my dad's arms, my dad, something clicked. And he was like, he's mine. He's not going back. So then they got to go through the whole process. And it is brutal and expensive. And they one thing they had said was, we're not going to adopt any kids. We're too old. (laughs) Um But he has given new life to the family. He's the most important part. He's the missing piece. And so now it's funny when I make decisions, it's because I want to be able to be that person that turns around one day and says, Here's the money, go start your business, kid. Right. Oh, you got denied for funding, no problem. I got you. So you want to be the aunt that
0: gave you the. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, because I do, I'm more like an aunt than a sister because of the age difference. Well, I'm going
0: to say this um because I, I heard you in the beginning you know you've made the decision that you don't want to have children yeah you had a child when you were 27 you just don't realize <laughs> that. so because okay. you had a child that you're going to you were 27 instead of being the fun I, i'm going to say you can't be the mom <laughs> just throw that out there um and i say that because you know, your parents are getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the conversations that I hate having with my parents is when they talk about their mortality, mm-hmm. it pisses me off. Yeah, um, That's my Yoda, I expect yeah. my Yoda to be here forever. Yes, yeah. my girl, I expect her <laughs> to be here forever. But then they have those conversations with me and my sister passed away in 2008. So I became a dad yeah. at 24. Um, of my niece and nephew, so you don't know this yet, um, and you'll never know it. But you became a mom at 27, <laughs>
1: What? and you start claiming them as
0: dependents <laughs> on my taxes, there right? There you now. go, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that additional income. Uh, but that's, um, and the fact that you again, you're such a giver, like, you've got y'all just gotta y'all gotta meet her y'all gotta know her like come in here for a job and don't need a job and just talk to her Um, which she probably won't have time give her give her 18 months of something that she ain't gonna be able to do by the end so she'll get it done in 12 wink Uh, (laughs) um, but you have a heart of gold like you're you're already planning and prepping this is what I want to be able to do this is this is how I want to leave people of thinking of other people telling them that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to jumpstart, being able to give people that kick, tough love, just love, or an angel investor, mm-hmm. which you're familiar with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which you're familiar with, like, oh shit, I, I know her fruit. And if you're a part of her tree, then it's mm-hmm. not a problem. Yeah, which is what happened to you. Yeah, but what was it? Because I know that it was something that had to happen to get you into the passion of powerlifting. Yeah. So let me, and I, I, I really have to start recording these. Mm-hmm. She's five foot nothing, y'all.
1: Five four four. <laughs> add the four inches, and I'm five eight and nine with most of my shoes. <clears throat>
0: So she's tiny. <laughs> she's little. Why the hell did you get into powerlifting? Who told you you couldn't do it? You know, nobody actually told me I couldn't. Well, oh. no, let me take that
1: back. A surgeon told me I couldn't do it. So I have to rewind. So okay. I am little, some somewhat little. I still feel like I take up space when I come in a room. Yeah, I don't want to be a tiny person. That's, that's you, not, you know. Your personality is yeah. you
0: Kevin Hart, um, same person.
1: But <laughs> when I first started recruiting, um, genetically there's some predisposition to some health issues on my dad's side all the women it affects the women not the men okay they were all overweight i was overweight and i'm very short so that was not not good for my health even being young high blood pressure all that stuff right but I was at the gym every day. Like I told you, I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't understand why <laughs> I I didn't overeat. I barely ate. I worked all the time. Well, that apparently is the problem. You're supposed to eat more. I've never eaten more than what I do now that I'm smaller. It's just right. funny. That's just you You get brought up one way and you find out it's just totally wrong. But I realize you uh, here. yeah, I do. Got to check my, you know. Um, kind so, of <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> So I check my teeth before the interviews if <laughs> I'm over here snacking, um, but no, what happened was I actually saved up and paid for it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those perks of when you've been really good at your job, when you tell your boss, I need to work from home for like a month and a half, because I'm gonna have gastro bypass. Okay. Because my doctors have told me there's nothing else they can do. It's a hormonal problem. It's not a food problem, right. but this will help reset that. So I went through major surgery. I'd never had surgery in my life. Okay. It was scary, it was painful, and it was just weeks before my parents were leaving to go overseas. Okay. So I actually pulled a stitch crying, holding my mom in the airport, begging her not to go. So it was very life-changing for me to go through that and have to really rely on my siblings to help take care of me. Um,
0: the siblings that you take care of. Yeah,
1: right. it reversed, right? And I needed them really bad because I they took half my siblings right. with them. So I was really hurting. Um, they took the one you just met and she, we were very close okay. and that was very hard. She's naturally very caregiving. The other ones were not, but they, they showed up cause I've always showed up for them. Right. And because they were missing my family too, it was kind of like it's us three against the world yeah. right now. And so um, I went through that. It was brutal. I had some reaction. I was thrown up every day for like a year. I. If I had known what it was like, I would have never done it. And I'm so glad I didn't know because I needed to do it right. because my blood works always good. My blood pressure good. And I need to be able to do that to do what I do. Right, um, But I had skin removal surgery right before the pandemic hit because I was young enough. I'd lost so much weight. I lost 150 pounds and oh. kept it off for multiple years. And so I had to pay for it out of pocket yet again. Thank God I didn't know the pandemic was coming. I wouldn't have spent the money. It was the best decision. It helped me in so many ways. None of my clothes would fit right. Like I just had all this loose skin. It was terrible. So I went through all of that. It was major surgery. So I did like a breast reduction, all of it. So like I had incisions everywhere. When they do that and they cut the muscle, you have to make a decision. Do you want to have kids? Because if you want to give birth... Where they're cutting, that's where it typically grows and expands, it'll make your blood pressure go up and you could could die or you could be on bed rest. And so I said, I don't even like anybody, I haven't been dating anybody in years, I work all the time, (laughs) it's not in the cards for me, I'm 30 years old, let's do this. I did that in December of 2019, pandemic hit in March, about the week I went back to work. So the whole world was shutting down, I'm still recovering, I can barely, I wanted to go to the gym, I couldn't go to the gym. Well, I needed that time to recover right but the one thing that they told me was you can't lift more than five pounds and i didn't because right. i was scared because i knew I was it was the hardest thing listen having skin removal surgery and being in stuck in a bodysuit for 12 weeks where they literally have like i lost every like bit of self-respect, like I literally had to get my mom in the shower with me to wash my hair. I was right. in so much pain. And I had never had to rely on people in my life. It was prepping me for this actually, right. um, because I physically could not get, my dad had to help me get in and out of the car. Like he came home to take care of me. That's how bad it was. Um, Cause my mom couldn't, she's little, she's smaller right. than me. So um, once I made it through all that recovery and then the pandemic hit and I was trying to get, it was like, people saw me totally differently that didn't know me and my story. And to this day, a lot of people, I forget how many people have met me in the past five years and just didn't know that version of me. Cause my personality was, I was very confident. I was right. very outgoing. Like it was one of those, like, it just amplified it. My mom's like, oh, Laura <laughs> thought you was bad before. And now she's real bad, um, but I had the energy to do it. Right. And um, so I was reaching out on Facebook actually in Greenville group. And I said i'm looking for a trainer i need a particular trainer because the surgeon has told me i will never lift more than 60 pounds again and i was pretty strong before i was never a power lifter never right. i mean I'm, but i was at the gym six days a week that whole time like those whole five years like i i didn't take the surgery for granted i was right. never going to undo it i was going to fix it and stay with it so i was like i'm pretty strong i've worked with personal trainers but i need something different because i need someone that it's very painful for me to work out I was still healing I was easing back into stuff I'd lost muscle because you had to recover so long and then at any point you get this weird like Charlie horse feeling in your chest and your stomach and and you can drop something on yourself like it's terrible so I said I need somebody that's literally going to hold my hand through this and there was this guy Chad Delaney um, he owns TriFit Barbell Gym in Malden, and it's mostly a okay. powerlifting gym. It's um, it's a little garage redone. It was it used to be a car garage, so it's got like the doors that pull up right. and everything. So it's hot as heck, y'all. I'm not gonna lie, which is great. It's great if you want to burn some calories because if yeah. you're already working hard, plus it's 100 degrees in the summer. Yeah. Um, so he messaged me back, and so many people were reaching out, but for and I was particularly looking for a woman. But I thought it was interesting. He reached out and he said, I've been a trainer, I think it was like 12 years at this point. And you're talking about having surgeries and having like needing someone to keep you safe while you get your strength back. I can do that. Why don't you come meet me? Come see the gym. So I went by and saw him. I signed up the very same day and I said, I want to work out with you three times a week. And he said, Okay, what do you want to do? What's your goals? And he was thinking, because I'm, I'm an average size person weight wise. Like I don't feel like I'm overweight, but I'm not really small either. And most women, even if they're average, they'll go into a gym and be like, I wanna lose weight. I wanna do this. Right. I was like, listen, I don't wanna lose any weight. And he was just was like, What? Um <laughs> I said, I wanna be like Wonder Woman. I wanna be strong. I wanna feel strong again. I've had to feel weak. I've had to have somebody wash my hair for me in the shower. I wanna get my strength back. And he was like you know, I'm also a powerlifting coach. Like, it didn't have to be regular personal training. Maybe we could ease into that. And I was like, powerlifting, what is that? I don't, that's like a sport or something. Like, I mean, really, I knew nothing about it. And I started watching the women around my gym. And I was like, man, one, I like the way they look. Like, the the sport pays off. But then two, like, they didn't look weak and fragile. Like, no offense, runners, you know? They had like, they were like me. And I was like, okay, these people got some... Some grit to them. Look right. at this. She grinding trying to get that weight up. She looks tiny. Why is she picking up stuff so big? And some of them have been doing it for years. So when we first worked out together, I could barely lift the bar with no weight on it. So it was like a 15-pound bar. And I struggled. And I was like, I'm dying. And I was like, I made a mistake. <laughs> um, but I felt safe with him. He's very knowledgeable. And we actually became really good friends. Um and what kept me coming back was he was kind of turned more into a therapist. So I'd come, he knows more about the staffing world than anybody in the staffing, cause I would come in and give him an earful. And, um, so just a few weeks before I had to have, um, an actual, a minor foot surgery, uh, at the beginning of this year, we actually have it on video. Um, because I had to bow out of a competition that I was gonna be in. I, I did one with him and we were prepping for my second one and I had this goal. And from the day I started with him, I said, one day I will lift 300 pounds and I will send that video to the surgeon who told me, you will never lift more than 60. He's like, why 300? And I said, because I used to be over 300 pounds and carry that every day. I know I can lift it. Wow. And he's like, you used to be like, he just couldn't get over it. Right. And so not knowing that version of me, but knowing I'd already been through that, he's like, you know what? You can do whatever you say you can do. Right. Like he would just like kind of indulge me, and then that. the people around me would kind of pick at me. And the guys, there's a lot of young kids, like 21, 22. I became friends with them. I'd be, I'd be like, "That's all you got?" And these are guys that like <laughs> they're big. They're six foot four, and they're like, and I'm like, "That's all you got?" Like they're lifting 700 pounds. I'm like, "Ah, oh, that's not impressive." Like my coach was like, "This is so good for the environment." Like, <laughs> and um, but they love me. Like I, st- they have supported me opening this business more than some of my family members. Right. Those guys from those gyms, they send people to me. I hired some people from there. Um, back when I was working at the other company, like I was always recruiting. So even when I was power i am like, you wanna work at a warehouse? Like, what you doing? Yo, you got laid off, what you wanna do? Um, so Chad was just like, well, you just like really become a part of this community really fast, but it was because I was there so often. So right. I'd have homework and I'd come on the other days and then I'd work out with him three times a week. And so you get to really know somebody when you're spending that time. And so, We have it on video that I did not get to compete and officially record my 300 pounds, but I deadlifted 300 pounds um, and well over my body weight. And it didn't look too pretty. I was bright red, but I tell you what, I think that's what I liked about it is so many people go to the gym to look a certain way and I wanted to go to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I felt, I feel like that really honestly built my confidence just in so many ways and it, it was funny i started doing more stuff like i started becoming more active because i wanted to be like i wonder if now that i can lift this okay that means i can hike this far and do this right. like it started translating to i'm stronger i can do that i used to be like i can't do that well that self that self-talk gets deep so when you start being like oh please i can do anything i would literally tell the guy that's lifting 700 800 pounds next to me these young kids and they've been training every day since they were like 16. i'd be like i hope you can keep up with me i'm gonna be taking over that by next year like it literally right. and like i would say it and at first they're kind of like she's a little crazy but then it's almost like it was funny because they were like one time a guy came up to me and he goes you might be the first woman that does that Like, I mean, they're starting to believe it. You say it enough, you put it out there. And so when it comes to opening business, truly this is very hard, but physically not as hard as skin removal surgery. That stuff will keep you real low. Uh, Not as hard as throwing up every day. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, So I've been through hard power lifting when you have so many things and it's so personal to you to get that back, to feel like, you can overcome these things. It just kind of set me up for success with this because once you do all of those things, you're like, "Well, please, what's next? <laughs> what else can I do that nobody thinks I can do?" Um, so I have this little hashtag that I used on all my powerlifting videos and training, and um, I actually got a lot of online support and stuff from like powerlifters after competing because it's the comeback queen. Because that is what I do. Right. So. Um, I may fall. You may see me suffer. You may see me limping in cloth flip flops for a week, but I will come back from it,
0: you know, and that's wow. Wow. So we are more than the comeback (laughs) and just listening to everything that you've kind of displayed so far. You're told no. You come back and you do it anyway. (laughs) You go through your surgeries from being at a certain level. You come back and then you exceed that. You uh, leave here. You come back because this is this is your baby, too. Mm-hmm. So you had another child at 34. <laughs> <laughs> uh, These
1: dependents, yeah, man, I'm so, ready for my so you taxes. Got, you
0: got two kids. <laughs> There'll be things here, sure, that you'll be able to
1: Listen, if they uh, let start letting me write off my two dogs, I'll be happy.
0: <laughs> right. We'll talk offline. Off <laughs> oh, I may know a guy, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> But yeah, so like everything, so it it hasn't just been a no that motivated you. There have been whys to it that motivated you as well, because you alluded to it. You said mm-hmm. the self-talk mm-hmm. of no puts you in a certain place. Mm-hmm. But then you out talking yourself saying, damn that, I got mm-hmm. this. And being able to go forward with it. Um It. It makes me prouder to know you. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say that. Uh, but it also, like, this will be another thing that I'm. I'll put in people's hands because usually, I when I'm introducing the pod to people, they'll say, "Oh, well, what episode should I check out?" And I'm like, Damn, just pick one. I think they're all, all of good. them are good. Yeah, yeah. and like because that's that's just how I feel about it. But this will now be one that I'm like, hey you definitely got to check this out because (laughs) you know, there is a why behind the what I know a lot of my telling being told that I can't do it. A lot of that came initially motivated just by being told that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So it was, let me prove you wrong. Like I said before, then it became a, my mom and I had a conversation and she said, "Um, so you can be anything. And I said, what if being anything meant that I could be everything. And then that became that
1: mm-hmm. that
0: psycho switch. I think people like you, <laughs> gotta have a little taste of crazy yeah I like, gotta have a little taste of mm-hmm. this can be uh if you go to a therapist they can document something like, <laughs> saying, <laughs> some may right um, that girl and,
1: got a chip on her yeah, shoulders when my dad always yeah, says yeah like it's
0: just it's we don't know what this something is like we can't diagnose it but it's something she off somewhere yeah which is good and I think that we all need that that kind of thing to be off and I'm not gonna hold you much longer I know you uh I know you live in your office <laughs> right
1: this is home
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that sexism exists in your world of manufacturing racism how big is that I bet you I bet you you don't i look out you know you messing with the wrong ones keep talking I'm against some keep running and running and running r Resolute Staffing primarily focuses on manufacturing, construction, and skilled or general labor roles in the upstate of South Carolina. Outside of major holidays, r and Resolute Staffing is open Monday through Thursday from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., with walk-in appointments available until 6 p.m. If testing is required, the interview process may take up to an hour, so they ask that you come prepared to stay 30 minutes to an hour. They require that you bring a valid state ID or a driver's license and a second form of government issued ID. Resolute Staffing is located at 5052 Old Buncombe Road, Suite E, Greenville, South Carolina, 29617. If you need help locating their offices, please call 864-448-1150. You can also find directions and more information at rnrstaff.com. That's R. A-N-D-R-S-T-A-F-F dot com.